Streamed. We are live. How you doing, everybody? And uh, welcome to Roundtable with the Stream Team. And this is where we talk to amazing content creators and their journeys on becoming what they are today. And uh, tonight we are sitting at the roundtable with our friend Bob Dunn. Uh, Bob, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much for joining us. I know that we uh, kind of had a little ping pong of a schedule. And uh, yes, no it is 100% my fault, and I apologize for that. <laughs> but uh, as as people can hear, probably my voice is a little crackly and a little I'm a little under the weather. But uh, I needed to make sure I got those meds in for PAX East. So uh, yes, I wanted to uh, wanted to make sure that we uh, did a pr an interview proper for Bob. So uh, so thanks again for for letting us reschedule this week. No worries, no worries. And uh, we have uh, two other panelists here today, uh, good friends of of you know the stream team, as I should say. MJ is a boss. What's poppin'? How you doing? What is poppin'? How are things? You doing well in college? You all right this year? This week? Yeah, it's kind of hard, but I'm, I'm making it. Yeah, yeah. Just got to make sure the sleep schedules are all good. Make sure you're, um, make sure you're not drinking too much. De <laughs> detox that liver, you know? Mm. That's, that's what you got to do. A lot, of, a lot of Pedialyte. I'll tell you some tricks. I'll tell you some I got some tricks. <laughs> All right, and we also have our lovely lady of the panel, El Boogie. How are you? How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm pretty good. You killing? You killing more people in? Uh, in of course, I just killed a few people before I got on here. Uh, I figured that's why you're running a little late. <laughs> yeah, well, I like literally got there at nine, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, she's definitely playing Apex. She's definitely murdering some people. <laughs> yeah, and I don't. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with uh, ranked, but for whatever reason, I'm having a tough time with ranked. So I went back to regular so I could kill people. Feel good about myself. <laughs> so some emotional happiness. Basically. Yeah. Are you are you running with your with the same two squad? Uh, for the most part, I run with like um Fozzie and Stitch. Um, I don't know. We just been making it work. So <laughs> that's, I feel like that is the key to making any team play game like that work. Yeah. Two people, three people that are going to constantly play together because it's, it makes all the difference. I mean, if you're really trying to like move up and rank, yeah. Like I, like I'm totally down to like play with viewers if they want to play, but I'm not playing ranked. I know a lot of people who end up having two accounts. One account is for people. Mm. Really care about mm -hmm. the other one is going to be the one that you actually care about your ranks with yeah that sounds that sounds a little sweaty so i don't think i'm gonna do that <laughs> oh, i'm sorry i'm sorry why do you do that uh i have been known to do that <laughs> i do i do that in some <laughs> i have two i have two accounts for tarkov one account i when i play is like my main account that i play with my main crew with and then the other account is the one where I play with people that I know are going to like shoot me in the back of the head when I'm not looking. So I don't have to worry about losing my good gear and stuff like that. So randoms? No, not randoms. I'm talking like my own teammates. Oh, so you know them and they'll still shoot you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's fantastic. Right? Good yeah. friends. Yeah, it's good. It's good. And, uh,. <laughs> All right. And uh, as you guys know, it's me, Snaldo. I'm here hanging out, doing, doing, doing the thing same same stuff different day but so uh, what we're all here for is to hear about bob and what you know what he's doing and uh bob uh why don't you uh, go ahead and tell us you know why you became a content creator um well thanks uh, i kind of got into it uh sort of backwards i've only really been 
um, involved in games coverage proper as, for about a year and a half now. Um, been gaming as long as I can remember, but um, uh, I've uh, been working for a few different newspapers over the years. And a couple of years ago, we were having a conversation and um, we're just, ta- I think Destiny 2 had just dropped. I had taken some time off um that week to uh to to take a little gamecation Mm -hmm. and uh some of us at work were talking and i was telling them all about the game and what i was enjoying about it and um they could tell i was really digging it and you know we got to thinking that maybe you know um there might be a place in the arts section for some games coverage Mm -hmm. i thought that was a great idea and um pitched it and it didn't really go anywhere but you know, let a couple of months go by and just, you know, kept reminding them, hey, have you given this any thought, any consideration? And finally, um, you know, I wrote them a sample column and, you know, they liked it enough to give it some space and uh, been running it a couple of times a month. And that led to the opportunity to uh, attend PAX last year, PAX East last year, uh, covering it mm-hmm. uh, for work with the uh, press credentials, which are it's just a real privilege to be able to uh to do that. And, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and so that's been going well. And, uh, recently we've, um, uh, uh, uh make some changes on the, um, uh, at the paper, as far as the column goes. So we're pivoting to a more review centric, um, sort of thing now, instead of, um, more of a opinion pieces and things like that. And we're concentrating now on uh, smaller uh, indie games, you know, the triple A's, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, by the time we get around to covering them, they're old news, people have moved on. Right. And like, you know, I mean, it's a, you know, I mean, it, it, it's still a growing sort of column. It's, it, it, it it's, um, you know, it's, it's sort of building its base, but like, you know, Call of Duty doesn't need our help, right? <laughs> you know, so, right. um, and I, I'm finding right now the smaller, like, indie stuff is just a lot more um, interesting. Um, these devs are making, you know, way more, like, personal, like, intimate things. They can afford to take more chances. They can do things that are just really weird and might only appeal to a smaller niche market. And I mean, I love my triple A's as much as anybody, but um, I think a lot of the, of the interesting stuff going on right now is definitely on the, uh, in the smaller games. So we're uh, pivoting to that sort of coverage and we're starting to incorporate some, um, some video uh, into that, which honestly mm-hmm. we should have probably been doing all along, but um, so starting to, um, learn how to do some uh, editing and some and some small scale video production and that's really fun and that's really satisfying so it's um it's been a great ride and getting to um and then that column led to um getting in touch with uh cognito and the opportunity to start working with the uh website and everybody there and you know led to the opportunity to um go to pax again this year um so it's been great. It's been uh, really, really rewarding. Yeah. So, um, no, just because uh, you, you told us a lot of information there. So I just want to <laughs> a couple, it's a couple of things that kind of I was going through in my head when you were talking. Sure. So you 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 said originally the the location that you you work for they mm-hmm. ended up they they didn't have a video game section, but it kind of it's starting to evolve into that now. Is that because 
like you have a passion for games or is it because like that's just something that like you kind of like enjoyed and you thought hey this would be a good idea or how did that kind of evolve in a little well a little bit of both i mean Mm -hmm. i've i've literally been gaming over 40 years Mm -hmm. um so and it's something that i've always enjoyed you know talking about and thinking about and you know not not just talking about particular games Mm -hmm. themselves but about like gaming as a community and um and the paper uh the newspaper i work for the berkshire eagle um we're based in uh the middle of berkshire county in pittsfield massachusetts and it's a very there's a very big um art community there especially Mm -hmm. during the spring and summer that's where tanglewood is that's where the boston symphony orchestra takes their summers there's the williamstown theater festival so the opportunity to sort of well if we're going to talk about games then we should talk about them in order to make it work with what we're already doing talk about them as art like you talk about you know theater Mm -hmm. or movies or anything else so um so it sounded like a fun way to do something a little more creative than my regular news writing but and talk about you know this um this hobby and maybe just you know get a chance to expose people to aspects of gaming or now that we're doing more talking about um indies um expose them to uh games they might not have otherwise um uh heard of or had an opportunity to hear about now you're seeing like all the indie um developers and things that you talk to Mm -hmm. do you feel that those indie developers are uh they're more passionate you'd say than those AAA developers or is it just because you know you feel that like they they have something to prove they have something that they want to show that's going to be helpful yeah i i think i don't i don't think that a developer working on you know assassin's creed or something like that is any less passionate about what they're doing than um something like um inner friend which is made by a very small team mm-hmm. and Um, but I think where, um, I think where the difference is, I think when you're dealing with, um, a smaller game and I'm just talking about smaller in, in, in size, you know, um, but a smaller game, right. A smaller game, a smaller team, um, it can afford to take more risks in its storytelling or its presentation, um, perfect example. There's a game I'm playing right now called Coffee Talk. It's mostly reading. It's you know mm-hmm. interacting with these conversations. It takes place in a coffee shop where elves and werewolves and spacemen hang out. It's weird in the best kind of way, and I can't imagine like a company like Activision or Ubisoft or something like that. Um, investing any assets or anything like that in there because it's a game almost deliberately that's designed to not be for everyone. Right. So, um, you know, and a company like Trove doesn't have to necessarily work. I mean, they would love to make all the money, but they don't necessarily have to worry about quarterly earning calls and, you know, showing stockholders um, a certain amount of profit where, you know, the larger companies like Activision and EA, they absolutely do. So I think it's, 
not less passion, but when you're making something for a mass market, you have to sort of broaden its appeal. And when you're dealing with a smaller game, you can really sort of narrow in on, it's just like, well, not everybody's going to get this, but the right people will find this game and they'll get it. And that's, and that's good enough. Yeah. I got, I got a question for you, for, for mm-hmm. you and for, for MJ and for L. Um, so when you got, when you get, what do you guys think when, when you're thinking more of like indie type games, like the, like these indie developers, do you guys feel like they are able to put more passion into their games because they don't care about what people say and they like kind of like want like their vision to kind of like, you know, be shown is that like, Bob, why don't you, why don't you talk first and then. Yeah. Well, I think it's, yeah, I I think it's just more of an opportunity to um, put more of yourself in a game because again, you know, when you're dealing with a smaller dev team, you're dealing with, you know, maybe as little as, you know, as little as one person and maybe a dev team of like, you know, 15 or 20 people. Whereas, you know, um, again, just to pick an easy, you know, example, like Call of Duty, I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of people who work on those games. So the, the sort of personality, you know, just sort of gets diluted, I think, through because you're just dealing with a much larger sort of sort of space to fill there. But I think when you have these um, smaller things just made by a couple of people, I think it's just an easier fit to in whatever way you can, in whatever way works in the context of the game, sort of get more of, if not your personal feelings, your own personality or something like that um, in there. So I think it's just when you're dealing on that smaller scale, I think it's just a more natural fit to do something like that. Yeah. L, do you, do you feel it the same way? L. My bad. I thought I unmuted myself, but essentially, yeah, I feel the same way. You're you're starting to see a lot more happening with indies, which I think is why like some indie studios or used to be indie studios got gobbled up by Xbox because they're pushing the envelope, you know. Mm-hmm. And and you you think that because indie studios are pushing the envelope, that's going to be good for large large companies like Microsoft. Well, like it'll be good in the beginning, yeah. you know, <laughs> that's how it yeah. always goes, yeah. right? Like it's good yeah. in the beginning and then it becomes, you know, we got to pay shareholders. So you have to make whatever sales. So, yeah, you think you think eventually that um, I hate to word it this way. You think that eventually that quote unquote selling out, even though it really isn't selling out to them. Do you think that's going to mold what they're like, what they are doing into kind of like, you know, whatever they want and the kind of diminish the integrity of those indie games you know i feel like uh there's this like whole uh cycle that happens in the industry where like you know people get bought up and then they get tired of making the same game so then they leave that studio go off and create another studio start creating new cool stuff and then all of a sudden you hear about that studio getting bought up you know and it's like people just keep moving around type of thing so i think until we figure out a way to stop that from happening you know, it's just going to be the way. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I'm sorry, go ahead, Bob. Oh, no, no, I mean to interrupt, but I, I, I look at it like the, um, uh, like the indie, um, uh, uh, film sort of movement or the indie film era of, of the 90s. You know, you had these, these, these people making 
um, really personal, really intimate movies, you know, with, you know, very little budget and small crews and stuff like that. And once those movies started to get noticed by the big studios, they started to either incorporate some of those styles or actually bring some of those people in to the fold. And like, you know, um, God, what's his name? Uh, the um, James Mangold, uh, the guy who directed uh, Logan. Mm-hmm. I mean, he started out making indie films, you know, these these smaller, really um, uh, intimate sort of movies. And then eventually started working for the big studios and made something like logan yeah it's a superhero movie but it's closer to you know like an art film than you know a traditional um you know big big blockbuster superhero movie so i'm hoping that once that shift starts to happen that's the kind of positive influence you're going to see on these on these mass market games yeah so uh, there's a there's a book i read from um, well, more like audiobook because I, I barely have enough time to read a book, so I listen to my books. But mm-hmm. um, you know, Bruce, you know Bruce Campbell. Uh, yeah, he, he was in uh, you know the original Living Dead. I can't Absolutely. think of the producer. Sam Raimi. There we go. Yep. So Sam Raimi and him, they did the their first big movie, and it was like dirt cheap, and like everyone thought, like you know, this is gonna be crap. This mm-hmm. is not gonna do anything. Like it took almost fourteen years for them to make their money in their movie from that yep. original movie. So by the time that movie came out to the time that Sam and um, and Bruce started doing all their other movies and everything, mm-hmm. they still were promoting the other one. And then uh, eventually, because of all of the other stuff that they were doing, people started realizing more about um, Living uh, – what's it called? Living Dead? Not Living Dead. Oh, my God. Uh, Evil Dead. Evil Dead, yes. Um, mm-hmm. They eventually started having people learn about that. And a lot of the movie, the way that they did the cameras, for instance, like one of the camera ways that they did was that 75, uh, I'm sorry, that 45 degree tilt that they Mm -hmm. were doing left and right when they were running through the woods and stuff like that. That was something that was very unheard of. But by the time it's, they, they started turning more mainstream, you can see more in that horror genre of people that are are starting to use those things and other things. And it's Mm -hmm. pretty interesting. And, you know, I never, I never thought of it that way because like those indie developers are kind of pushing like the AAA titles and absorbing those those people. Right. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. I mean, I mean that would be my hope is that you know you're going to see, um, you know, uh, that sort of gradual shift where, um, you know, games are willing to and able to take more chances and things like that, or you know, tell these you know stories in a different kind of way. You know, I don't necessarily expect. Um, you know, smaller studios and advance things necessarily on the technical end, although that can certainly happen. Yeah. But I think the more, um, you know, the, the the more voices you have at that level, I think, hopefully, again, that you would see that sort of like bubble up to um, to the mass market studios, uh, hopefully in really positive ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. MJ, you, you feel you feel kind of similar with the, that way. Yeah, I feel similar about that. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely do. It'll be nice and exciting. Are you, you all right there, bud? You okay? Yeah, I'm good. You good? Good. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's that's pretty. It's a pretty interesting uh, thought process. So, what uh, what kind of intrigued you, Bob, to want to become uh, to become a writer, and in, in, in like you know the way that you kind of like wanted to, like you know started becoming a, uh, like you know 
columnist and, and all mm-hmm. and all of that? Um, yeah, I don't know. It, I think it was just this sort of impulse to um, tell stories. Uh, you know, I remember when I was, you know, in grade school and things like that. That's part of the school work that um, I always enjoyed. I was a I was a big reader as a kid and all of that. So I think I sort of gravitated um, toward that. And, um, you know, journalism always held some kind of an interest, but it wasn't anything that I necessarily steered, uh, toward, but, um, and then, um, geez, I was probably in my mid twenties when I'd always heard of him, but I never really read any of his stuff. I, somebody turned me on to, um, Hunter Thompson. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I read like, you know, fear and loathing in Las Vegas and went back and read and read the, um, early stuff um, that was a lot more sort of straightforward journalism, but um, still had sort of his unique voice. And it was sort of this wake up call that, you know, you could, you know, do not that he necessarily always did or was always the best example, but that you could actually do um, reporting and you could do news coverage and still allow yourself enough room to be, um, to be creative and you know he would put in these weird asides and and you know um come up with these uh sort of um fantastical scenarios to sort of explain um the point of view he's coming from in a particular section so i always found that really um interesting <coughs> and then um um and then when i uh and then when i, when I went back to college i just realized that um uh, UMass Amherst um, had and still has this excellent um, daily student newspaper. And so um, I gave that a shot. And then the more I started to do that, the more I really enjoyed um, the all of the aspects of working in um, a daily newsroom and um, and in news reporting. And that's really sort of where um, where all that started. Interesting. Um, so because you you work for. Um... Uh, an, another like because you work for like you know a well-known newspaper mm-hmm. do you all because you work for you know lords of gaming.net also mm-hmm. um in that you know thought thought process how do you how do you feel the 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 camaraderie is and the communication is with lords of gaming in comparison to like you know a regular a regular newspaper does it does it have that kind of same thought process does it has the, oh absolutely the, yeah know? Oh yeah, um, uh, it's um, it's sort of a similar uh, workflow. I mean, the uh, you know the Discord, um, you know, uh, I, you know, I, I have a Discord channel for um, for the gaming clan I belong to, um, but you know, and but the um, Lord's Gaming channel, especially the Writers Table section, is just active all the time, mm-hmm. like more so than probably more um, than most of the channels I follow. And um, it's that same kind of, you know, daily communication. It's that same kind of like, you know, swapping in jokes and chop busting and like all the other things that go on in any kind of team based um, work environment. So it's very um, and the workflow is very similar. Um, You know, like I said, you'll have, you know, assignments come down, you know, people checking with editors, editors giving feedback, Mm -hmm. um, writers asking for more time because that's what writers do. Um, all yeah. of us do it um so yeah it's um it, it's very very similar it's one of the things that um 
I really enjoy about the opportunity to uh, 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 to uh, get to work with the uh, with the team because again, it, it feels like a real lateral move. It's a very very similar um, atmosphere. Yeah, is, is was there any like types of um, things you didn't that that you wouldn't that you didn't know because you know you you came on board what about maybe six months ago maybe um i don't know if it was that long ago but um but probably yeah uh fall probably of last year we started talking about uh doing some work together yeah yeah do you you feel like the um what's the word i'm looking for do you think like the techniques and things that 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 lords of gaming is using Mm -hmm. are similar to what a regular type of newspaper is using in the ways of like um, like the back end stuff and, mm-hmm. and yeah. And well, the, um, the, well, the big, the big difference is, and this was a learning curve for me and it actually still is, is coming. Like I came up in, in a, in a, in a print environment, like a strictly right. print environment. And, you know, like the digital end was something you sort of had to do because it was, you know, just inevitable. It's like something people expected. And now it's just like that's, um, you know, a, a priority in a lot of ways is, is, is the digital end of things. And then coming from that print discipline over to something that's completely digital was um a real and a real positive Mm -hmm. um learning experience because you know i never had to worry about seo um you know i didn't have to worry about um you know whether um you know the readability score or anything like that um because i can guarantee you know a column i would write for print if i just move that over to WordPress and had it look at it, there's no, there's no way I'd get green lights on it because it's a completely yeah. different um, writing style just down from, you know, like Leo you know, paragraph lengths and, and things like that and making mm-hmm. everything fit and work within um, a whole different set of parameters. Um, it, it's been a, that's been the big difference for me. And I, and it's been really valuable because that was a blind spot for me um, up until this point, because I just never had to worry about it before. So, uh, so for me, that's, um, that's the real big difference is just that it's a, uh, it's a whole different way of sort of presenting information, but, um, from everything else, from, you know, um, the structure and the way the stories are presented and all of that, um, it, it's very, very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see it, it has its roots, um, in um in sort of that 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 print um tradition that newspaper yeah. magazine tradition so which is well, a- i'm sorry I, I was gonna say like because um i mean i i have my i have my articles and i know mj writes his articles and stuff like mm-hmm. that and like i know i'm not the best writer in the world mm-hmm. but every time i write an article and those seo numbers and the readability numbers mm-hmm. are always off. And I'm just like, this is ridiculous. This is a pain <laughs> in my are you kidding me? Like this yeah. makes sense. I'm reading out loud. I'm like, yep. this makes sense. What is going on? Right. And I mean MJ, you, you do you agree when you're when you're writing yeah, the ass. Yeah, it is. It is a real pain <laughs> in the ass. And it kinda it's kind of like you gotta be joking. Right. Do, do you feel that that 
that movement for mm-hmm. online editing and articles and newspapers, do you feel that they are, um, because they're, I hate to word it this way, but like kind of like mm-hmm. a newer wave of mm-hmm. things, do you think it's kind of helping mold the old way through, like, is it helping you write your columns differently? Because that's it's gonna funny. Help you? Yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, I think I think in in very specific ways. I, I just speaking for myself because for I, I've for as long as I've been writing, um, aside from technical stuff, I'm still a terrible speller, and I'm not a real great typist either. I honestly right. don't know how I keep this job sometimes, but um, it's uh, but no, I as long as I've been writing professionally, I've had. I've had like two consistent criticisms. One, my leads tend to be too long sometimes. Mm-hmm. And two, I fall back into passive voice more than I should. Mm-hmm. And and I'll keep it short because for the folks out there who aren't writers, they're like, what the hell is he talking about? He's still talking. Um, is that uh, the working with, with the WordPress and, and the system, it points out both of those things. So mm-hmm. for me been a good sort of check on myself to realize because sometimes it's not always clear i'll go through like the seo it's like you know you know this paragraph is in passive voice i'm like what are you talking about and i'll read them like oh yeah you're absolutely right and it's usually as simple as just moving you know a couple of sentence fragments around and it's fixed but to have that sort of instant feedback you know it's like this paragraph is too long um and you know this you know, you should really change the action in this sentence this way. Um, and then n- knowing that and having been reminded of that working on the digital end, um, it's it's been beneficial for me to be able to bring that, um, those disciplines back um, to the print side. Because again, th- those have been two from editor after editor. Th- mm-hmm. Those have been two consistent things over the years that um, uh, I've been I've had to keep an eye on because those are bad habits that um, I, I can fall back into if I'm not uh, careful. Right. Well, at least you know you learn you learn something out of out of uh, oh absolutely out of that. So absolutely. So you you're saying before you're a gamer, you, mm-hmm. you play games, and you've been yeah, playing for for a really long time. Is there um, a particular game that you are in love with that's like your favorite game of all time? Oh man. Um, well, it there's well there's 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 two one from like the 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 old era of of, of gaming and then one uh, more modern game is uh the game I couldn't get enough of when I was a kid man is the original adventure for the Atari twenty six hundred. Oh, that's the, that's the one where you had to type in and key exactly what you needed them to do. No, no, no. Th- those were great. Like the text oh, adventures, man. Yeah. I loved those games, like the Inficon games and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. I got a Commodore 64 with a disc drive just so I could play, <laughs> um, uh, you know, Zork and Hitchhiker's Guide and, and, and all of those like text-based adventures. No, this was a cartridge for the original Atari called Adventure. And the basic, and there were different levels that got more complicated, but basically you would wander around this by today's standards, really simple map. And there were three castles and each castle had its own key and there were dragons running around on the map. And then you had to get somewhere and it would randomize and somewhere on the map, this golden chalice would be hidden. And um, 
I had to find that, bring that back to the right castle. And actually, if you've seen or read the book Ready Player One, that, I was gonna, I was gonna ask if you. That's the game, and that, yeah. and that, that's a true story. That Easter egg is real. Um, Atari used to publish a magazine like Nintendo did, and they, and they walked you through how to find it if you had that game. But I would just, and your character was literally just a square on the screen. That was your avatar, and you had a sword that looked like an arrow. It looked almost like an ASCII yeah. game, and the dragons looked like ducks, and it's almost laughable by, by today's standards, but I would just play the hell out of that game just over and over again. Side um, question. Ready Player yeah, One. Man. So you, you've read the book. Uh, I did not read. I saw the movie. Oh. I didn't read the book. I know. I know. I know. I figured, I figured that you've read. I read the book first. Well, audio mm-hmm. book. I, I listened to the book. Yeah. So um, I listened to the book. I started mm-hmm. it. No joke. It was midday on a Thursday, mm-hmm. and it was a. I think it's like a fourteen, fifteen hour book. Yeah. Um, I was done by Friday while I was driving home from work. Oh, like I literally cool. listened to it nonstop. I love it when that it was so good. And then I watched the movie, and I was let down because the book is so much better. Oh sure. And because you because you're you're a writer and you you enjoy games mm-hmm. i recommend you take the time and either read it or audiobook it or if you want i'll let you borrow my copy <laughs> of uh, ready player one or whatever it is so yeah. it's so worth a listen i need yeah. to read it still yeah do, do it. it i'm telling you You'll, yeah that's i've heard the same thing like plenty of times and yeah i i was the the, the movie was just kind of left me flat i i have i'm not going to get into it but I, I had some issues with the movie in general but yeah um but yeah no i've I've heard nothing but but good things about the Mm -hmm. book um the other game you're talking about i'm sorry uh no that's all right man um and then uh my uh actually i actually wrote a thing about it to me the 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 perfect video game was the original portal Mm -hmm. that game just for me just just had it all it it um i'd never played anything quite like it it was funny it was smart um, it's, you know, replayable, um, you know, you can, it only takes a few hours. Um, you know, there's enough, uh, challenge there. It's, uh, it's funny as hell. Um, and you know, every time you clear one of those rooms, you just feel like the smartest person on the planet for a couple of minutes. It's just like, it's endlessly satisfying. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just, I, I just had a blast with it. And, you know, if, if people are sort of on the fence or, you know, don't consider themselves gamers or just think, you know, they're all one type of thing or something like that. I, I always try and steer them toward that. It's just like, it's, it, 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 it's, it, it forces you to think differently. And for me, that's, um, that's a really fun part of, uh, of gaming, even, you know, e- even something like, um, Grand Theft Auto, like those, to me, those are a series of puzzles, you know, it's just like, here's your objective. Here's where you start here's the tools you have to finish it, figure it out. Mm-hmm. And part of the fun of those games is trying to see if you can come at, um, you know, the missions or, or, or finding a solution to those, to those problems from a different way. And Portal just delivered on that, you know, every few minutes. It was, it was just super satisfying playthrough. And uh, you just realize, like at the game's midpoint, that, all right, now you're on your own. Mm-hmm. It's just like, here's, you know, the, the whole first half of the game is, okay, here's, we're going to teach you everything you need to know. Now it's just like, now figure it out. And uh, that's just, 
Where did get the audio? Clever use, really clever use of uh, of gameplay. What did you say, MJ? Where did you get the audiobook from? Did you buy it or did you watch it on YouTube? Because I know that sometimes people post audiobooks on YouTube. Oh, you're talking about for Ready Player One? Yeah. No, no, I, I bought it. I bought it from Audible. Do you like? Uh, do you actually read the book while listening to it, or do you just like listen to it while driving, like a podcast? I, I I end up listening to it while driving. Yeah. And I'll also listen to it while I'm working, because uh, I need I need to have some type of background sound. So a lot of people play music. Yeah. I, I listen to audiobooks and podcasts. Uh, I I have a rotation of about eight or nine podcasts, and I usually end up listening to uh, almost um, one book every month. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, that's great. I wish I could do that, man, because like I've tried listening to audiobooks. I have a long commute too, and um, I just uh, I just wind up. I don't know if it's road hypnosis or I just like chill out or whatever. But all of a sudden, I'll just tune back in, and it'll be like two chapters later. Oh no! <laughs> like, like, oh I, no! I don't know what. what how you know? And I'll yeah, be completely I, lost and have to go back. It's it's a nightmare. I usually uh, I have about an hour and a half drive into the office every morning. Mm -hmm. yep. So it's an hour and a half in, hour and a half out. Yep. So usually what ends up happening is um, on my drive in in the morning, I'll usually listen to a podcast. And then on my way out, I usually end up listening to the book. So, mm -hmm. But I usually try to end up um, listening to the book while focusing on the road only because I just I want to get home. I want to get home. Yep. I want to get home but I don't want to think about the drive. So that's, that's just the way how I've always done it. And I've been yeah. doing it like that for, for at least uh, three or four years now. Yeah. So, gotcha. But it's good. It's yeah. good. Um, yeah. So going back to, going back to what you were saying about, yeah. um, about games. So, so mm -hmm. what would you say that you, you kind of enjoy those puzzle type thinking games? I mean, I, yeah, I, not, not exclusively, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I realized, um, actually, I just I just played one. Uh, it's an older game, uh, Goragoa from Annapura Studios. Um, that's a illustrated based um, puzzle game. You manipulate these panels around to, to, to solve the uh, puzzles. And it's all in the artwork and, and it's just a blast. That was a lot of fun. But um, yeah, even if it's not necessarily a, a puzzle game per se, I think any game that um sort of teaches you a, a different set of um of mechanics something you can figure out as you go um you know like uh, horizon zero dawn i absolutely love that game and that was one game sort of an easy uh, not sort of but a, a, an easier version of something like um uh demon souls or bloodborne or something like that where um you actually can track yourself getting better at the combat and you know like early on in the game you'll avoid certain things because you just have no skill on how to tackle them and then by the end of the game you're actually seeking them out just for the sport of it so anything that you can sort of feel yourself improve on or anything that sort of makes you think or look at things in a different way in order to get through them i i, I find that you know really interesting but you know, at the same time, there's plenty of times where I'll just, you know, log into Destiny 2 and just, you know, run some strikes just, you know, to chill out and relax. And, um, 
and you know shoot some stuff which is you know rewarding in its in its own way so um yeah it's a little all over the place but yeah if i've got to if i've got to do some thinking sometimes with a game i really enjoy that but there's plenty of other times where i just like to just shut my brain off too <laughs> you know just as, blow as, some stuff up exactly as l said before she likes to shoot some noobs yep i'm usually the one getting <laughs> shot but you know same same <laughs> so I'm yeah. terrible at pvp Oh, so what you're saying is you, L, this is what I was saying. If you're going to play with Bob, you'd want a second account. So your score wouldn't, for ranks wouldn't be that bad. Oh, no, I will cost you points. Oh, no, I will drag you down. No, don't <laughs> That's ever, funny. Don't ever, ever, ever let me do that. <laughs> no, bad things, bad things happen. Um, so uh, how, uh, when, when you started transitioning your writing, do, do you do you mostly right now towards the gaming genre of things mm -hmm. or do you kind of start are you writing still your normal columns also oh no i the um the the gaming stuff is 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 very much um i don't want to say extra but it's it's um uh it's not my it's not my main job uh my main job is still um uh court reporting so um you know, so m most days. Um, Can't you, you know, just in, keep that one on that plate? In the courthouse and and um, keeping an eye on you know criminal cases and motion hearings and 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 things like that. Um, the gaming stuff is um, apart from that, and it's um, twice a month. Um, and like I said, it's a little more focused now that we're concentrating more on reviews and the um, and the video component. Um, I sort of do on my own time a bit, but that's getting um, more streamlined the more we do that and stuff as well. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's apart from um, from the regular job, but mm -hmm. it's uh, it's sort of um, uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of an extra it's an extra layer on on top of it. But they're mm -hmm. two separate things. Gotcha. Um, does your like does your family like uh, they like kind of understand like that you're that you're doing this extra kind of gaming type writing stuff in addition to like all the other stuff or are they kind of like, okay with the understanding of, of what you're doing. Oh yeah. No, it's um, yeah. It, it's a, uh, it's a big part of, you know, the, um, the household here. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's part of the, uh, the, you know, the weekly routine. Um, the um you know the playstation is you know we're one of those households where it's actually sort of the entertainment hub so even if we're not gaming on it um you know we're you know doing our streaming through there or running spotify through there mm -hmm. or something like that so um just the machine in the house is you know one of those appliances for lack of a better word we use all the time but um no my uh no my uh you know my girlfriend has been super supportive um of uh this um you know throughout um you know she thought it was a great idea when they were going to give us the um uh the space to do a little bit of this and you know she knows that this is um uh, a bit more than you know just a hobby for me it's a big part of my life and um just thought it was uh a, a, you know really great that uh i get to um you know combine you know these these two things um in a way that you know hopefully um you know, uh, you know, people can, uh, get a hold of and, and enjoy. 
would you say would you say like you know it's more of like a passion project for you like your game writing and, and yeah oh absolutely yeah. yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah i don't um you know i don't i don't you know i don't necessarily look at it as i mean it's work but you know it's not um a burden or, or anything like that it's something i genuinely enjoy doing and it's nice to have that kind of outlet so you know if i'm you know and it's given me um these opportunities to uh, you know to go to events like you know like pax and to meet some of these developers and to get access to some of these um uh you know these games and get to talk about them and and things like that because it's not um um you know i i didn't always have um that outlet so this is mm-hmm. sort of another way for me to um enjoy um enjoy the hobby and i'm just fortunate enough that i'm have access to this platform that i get to talk about it with you know um uh you know in uh you know some kind of an audience mm-hmm. yeah yeah i got you i got you um l do you have any questions for bob um, I thought I went earlier, and now I'm trying to remember. I should have wrote it down. Um, like I know that for me, I like totally can't write like that. Like I don't want to figure out what passive tense and all that. Like I don't want. Like I don't like writing. I only ever did exactly what I needed to do to get a good grade. Yeah. But yeah. That. Yeah. So more power to you. But I still can't remember my question right now. So. I know. I've been running my mouth. Um, no, no, that's good. <laughs> do, you, do you want us to go to MJ while you're thinking of your question? Oh, oh that's wrong. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> MJ, you got any questions, my man? Um, what game is the most anticipating? Uh, for this coming year, um, I I got it. I I got to see what Cyberpunk's about. Um, I'm really looking, uh, really looking forward to that. Um, Are you getting into a specific console? Um, well, I honestly, um, uh, one of the disadvantages of writing for a living is, uh, uh there's no money in it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So right now, uh, we're, uh, we're, we're a one console household. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, anything I play is going to be on, uh, on PlayStation four for the most part, uh, maybe some mobile stuff, but, uh, yeah, it's gotta be, uh, available for me in some format there for me to be able to work with it at this point. But yeah, so it'll be. I'm, I'm gonna check it out on, on PS4 when it comes out. But um, you know, uh, the, you know, the studio is top notch. Um, looks like they put a lot of work into it. The delays a drag, but you know, most cases, you know, a game's better if it cooks a little longer. Yep. Um, Just like know, that Sonic movie. That's what yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the perfect example, man. And you know, it's just like, you know, came out and was like, what the hell is this? They went back, fixed it, and it made all the money last weekend. Uh, so I'm, I'm pulling a flag on the play here. MJ, <laughs> you weren't old enough when the original Sonic came out there. No, I'm talking about how they had to remake the character. Yes, they remade the character because it didn't look like the original Sonic. <laughs> yeah, I know, but he. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just busting your jobs. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got. Right on. So you don't stream or anything? Or you just... Um, Right. uh, Yeah, I I haven't been. Um, That's something I I might 
um, get into. Like I said, we just started a um, just started a uh, uh, doing um, uh, doing gameplay demos and uh, video reviews for um, for the paper now. So I have I kick myself because I was between jobs at the perfect time. The PS4 just I think Destiny One was just launching and. Twitch was still just getting its feet on the ground and, and all of that. And I had all the time in the world and just didn't just, just, just didn't stick to it or anything like that. But, um, but doing some kind of streaming is something that's always been interesting to me. So um, hoping to maybe get into that maybe um, sometime this spring, but um, we'll have to see. And, uh, but no, I, th- I think it'd be fun, but yeah, I, I kind of kick myself sometimes for not getting uh not getting more into that um, in the early days. I think, L, are you are you kind of like me? Like you, you were there at the time, and you were playing something that you knew would have been like perfect to play, and like you totally missed the timing on it. Yeah, like I wish I was ready sooner. Like with all my stuff, I think I waited like forever to finally bite the bullet and get everything and like try to make it happen because I knew uh, before most people that Microsoft was going to be buying beam. So Mm -hmm. like I was on beam before it turned into mixer. Yeah. Like, cause Uh, I I had that thought of like, cause I was huge into Warcraft back when, back when it just started. And I'm thinking to myself, like if I was playing then streaming, like, cause I had the equipment, I had the capability to do it. Like I could, I could have been something now, but because of that, it's like, you know, it's a, it's a lot more difficult. And I don't know. I like I don't know what may come later. Uh, I know that for the most part, I just do this for fun because I enjoy it, and yeah. I like having people to talk to while you're playing and stuff. So, yeah. and and screaming, "Hey, look at that noob!" I popped him in the head from like 20, right? miles, yeah, 20 <laughs> miles away. Basically. Yeah, yeah. I, I still, I'm still. I watch you play um, Apex all the time. I do not have that ability to do that anymore. I know I have to be like, I have to look so funny because I know sometimes I look over and I'm like, damn, my face is focused. <laughs> no, you have to be. That's just how it is. And that's how I was when I used to do Titanfall because it's the same type of game. What mm-hmm. was that? But, oh, man. Mm. Oh. And, and, do, you have, do you have any more questions? Um, what no, he already asked what game are you looking most forward to? What are you playing now? And do you play with your children? No, I don't have, um, uh, don't have uh, kids of my own. We have a uh, we have a uh, granddaughter, three year old, so she's okay, kinda like, yeah, we try to keep the games off when uh, when she's around, but um, um, I've I'm playing actually i got back into borderlands 3 so i've been playing that uh a bit um i picked up uh like everyone else i picked up division 2 on the cheap last weekend Mm -hmm. um it was down to like three bucks so i picked that up um so i started playing through that i'm enjoying that and then uh for review um i'm playing um uh coffee talk this little weird indie conversation yeah they're, you know they're gonna be a cooking pass, right? thing 
Yeah, I saw that. I'm actually yeah, yeah they yeah, I saw that. I'm gonna um, yeah, um that's one of the things I'm hoping to drop in on because um it's a it it's a weird game, man, but I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of fascinated by it. So uh, I've been looking forward to uh to talking to uh to the folks behind it. I think it's uh I haven't played anything quite like it. It's it's one of those things that's definitely not for everybody, but right. um um, it's I'm also thinking a lot about it when I'm not playing it. So uh, we'll we'll talk we'll talk uh, we'll talk after the podcast because I think there's some information that we have to discuss because I don't sure. know if you're, I don't know if you're on the emails that I'm on. So okay, but yeah, um, that's awesome. That's awesome. Was there was there anything else, Miss L, M J? Anything? No. No. Mm-mm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask you your final question and if Elle has any more questions, she can just uh, just yell yell at us. Sure, man. Um, <laughs> is that if there is any if you could live in one video game fantasy environment, what would it be? So like, would you like to live on the Shire? Would you love to live on Coruscant? Would you love to you know live in a video in a video game world? Is there anything that you can think of? Wow, that's a great question, man. Um... God, video game environment. It doesn't have to be a video game. It could also be a fantasy world, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, jeez. What am I trying to think of? I don't know, because most of the stuff I watch, you know, every all those, you know, all those worlds are kind of effed up in their own sort of special way. And I'm like, I don't know. Um, damn. You know, I think, you know, it, yeah, because nothing would be permanent. I, I, I think that, uh, I think, I, th- I think probably the most in- interesting, like, environment I, I, I can think of right off the top of my head to be in would be uh, the city in uh, Grand Theft Auto 3, that nameless city there, because that, that was, like, the first time I can remember, at least in the modern era, where um the game was just all about just just breaking the rules you know mm-hmm. like like you know there was there were no if you could if you could if you could if it gave you something to do and you could think if you could think of it you could do it and you know you'd be playing that game and you'd be like oh well they're not going to let me do this and they do the game does and there were all sorts of really interesting and weird ways you know to break the game it was i think the last I, probably the only Grand Theft Auto game that I played enough to actually, and it was a small enough <laughs> map where I could actually like sort of have the map memorized. I knew where to get to particular buildings and stuff like that. And again, that's one of those games that just sort of alters your the way you you, you think about playing games. It's just like it's kind of linear, but um, there's all these other ways to to interact with it. And I think it really sort of expanded at least for me, it sort of expanded my, my thinking of games, just like it encouraged you to color outside of the lines. So I think, I think mm-hmm. that'd be a really interesting environment to hang out in, um, in for a while. And, and, you know, and you get a rocket launcher. And what's wrong with that? <laughs> it's always, it's always positive to have a rocket launcher. Right. Exactly. Who doesn't want a rocket launcher? <laughs> Are you looking at me? Rocket launcher. <laughs> rocket <Yeah>. launcher. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just a solution to every problem. It's just like traffic jam, rocket launcher. Rocket launcher. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> slow in the line in front of you, rocket launcher. Exactly. <laughs> Amazing. <clears throat> Amazing. L, you're good? Yeah, I think so. 
Okay, sounds good. So, Bob, why don't you uh, tell everyone where they can find you? You know, all the uh, the fun places where. Uh, yeah, man. Um, happy to do so. Um, uh, you can find most of my work at uh, BerkshireEagle.com. Um, and uh, my gaming writing appears uh, on that website in the landscape section, the art section. Um, and best way to find me online is on Twitter at, at @bobdon413. And uh, I, and uh, and uh, you can also find some of my writing. I'm sorry on uh, lordsgaming.net as well. There you go. Thank you. And thank you very much for uh, for coming and uh, joining oh, us. Thanks tonight. for having me, man. It's been a pleasure. It's great. Thank you very much. Um, All right, MJ. Where can we you find you? Hey, on Twitter at BeattyMJ. You can find me on Snapchat at, let's say, Beat101. And then Twitch, MJ is a boss. And then you can check out my articles on LordsOfGaming.net. Boom. There you go. That's what's popping. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, L, what about you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at, at LBoogie0208 and on Mixer at LBoogie0208. Um, and then on Saturday mornings on YouTube at Grow Home and Gaming, the podcast at uh, 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Awesome. Excellent. I was going to remind you. I know. I'm starting to remember. <laughs> I actually have a sticky note on my monitor that says yeah. remind L about WGW. Well, that's pretty sad. <laughs> hey, I'm here for you. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> and uh, you know me, it is me, Snaldo, S-N-A-L-Y-D-O. Um, you can find me on uh, Twitch uh, Monday to Friday, uh, other than when I'm here, uh, from 7 to 10. Um, I have articles on lordsofgaming.net. I have, um, what is it called? I have a Twitter, which I'm pretty active on. Um I'm on Discord in the, in the the Lords of Gaming Discord. I'm pretty active there. Um, you know, you can always contact me wherever, which way. You know, you can do that. Um, and I'd like to say thank you again to, to Bob for coming today. I greatly appreciate you for you know taking your time out. Um, no and uh, you know, if you have any questions for any guests or anybody, please email us at roundtablestreamteam at gmail dot com. Uh, we're going to be putting up our article there uh, on uh, Iron Lords Podcast uh, YouTube page. Uh, for you guys very shortly you'll get everything on uh, twitter and on twitter on itunes spotify and things like that come wednesday and remember lords of gaming is on wednesdays at one and check out us out at lordsofgaming.net for all the gaming news that you could possibly think of and uh we are on table stream that's when i usually post information about who's gonna be on the stream what's going on and all that fun stuff so that is all over there and remember everybody to dream big and keep gaming and we will see you all next week thanks everybody have a good one